Welcome to Kingdom Perspective Broadcast, the teaching ministry of Dr. David Ogaga. For more information, please call 234-803-481-0869 or for free audio downloads, kindly visit www.davidogaga.org. Um, are you ready for the word? Some people say, well... I think it's a day to declare some of those things. Man, you're already having all of those things. You're blessed, all spiritual blessings, heavenly places in Christ Jesus. The Lord has so blessed you. You only need to understand what God has done. And then you pull down those things. Like the scripture I read, talking about times of inheritance. You inherit. You don't struggle to get what God has made available to you. Praise the Lord. I'm going to be sharing something with you. Then we're going to prayers. Praise the Lord. Pastor Sam, you're welcome. Thank you so much. And your baby, right? Bless you. Amen. So good. Okay. Now, I want to talk to us on declaring the generation of Christ. It's so vital. Declaring the generation of Christ. As you step into the forthcoming year, I expect you to make some dramatic move in your life, spiritually speaking. That will attract physical things. Amen. Praise the Lord. Okay, first of all, let's look at Matthew chapter 1, verse 17. You're going to be fast with me. I have a couple of scriptures I need to read. Matthew 1, verse 17. Let's see how it goes there. Praise the Lord. All right. And it says, So all the generations from Abraham to David are 14 generations. And from David until the carrying away into Babylon are 14 generations. And from the carrying away into Babylon unto Christ are 14 generations. Amen. Now just move very quickly to Isaiah 53 verse number 8. Isaiah 53 verse number 8. And he says, 53 8. He was taken from prison and from judgment, and who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living, for the transgression of my people was his striking. Who shall declare his generation? Hallelujah. Now, if you look at the Bible, as I'm going to make you see, there are only two major scriptures where you have the world, the book of the generation. By implication, genealogy of an individual. Is that okay? I want you to catch this because it's very important. Some of you don't understand the power of your redemption. You don't understand yet what God has really done in sending Christ to redeem you. You don't really understand yet. So because of that, you live your life based on fear. You live your life based on doubt. You live your life based on unbelief. And so many things that you are supposed to inherit and walk into in God, you don't receive them because you don't seem to know and believe what the Lord has truly done for you. Hallelujah. Now in Genesis chapter 5, if you look at verse 1, that's what the Bible says. This is the book of the generations of Adam. In the day that God created man and in the likeness of God made him. The generation Adam simply means the descendant of Adam. Is that okay? Are you following me? Good. 
the descendant of Adam. That means everyone. We can take that from right from when man was, I mean, uh, I mean, formed and when man fell and then when man began to live the way he's living. Now you see, everything that Adam suffered, we have come to start suffering the same because we belong to his generation. Is that okay? The ground was caused, you must suffer before you eat, whatever, whatever. Name it. Because it's generational. So, we, we inherited all of that from Adam. Praise the Lord. Okay. So, again, if you look at, you can just write it down. Genesis 5 verse 1. You have the generation, like we said, of Adam. And then, um, in Genesis 37 verse 2, you have the generation of Jacob. In Genesis, again, okay, Numbers 3 verse 1, you have the generations of Aaron and of Moses. So, we have people that have to do, the key point I want you to know this, generation speaks of a people that came out of an individual. So when you say the book, you're talking about the record of those people. Praise the Lord. Amen? Now move with me into Matthew chapter 1 verse number 1. Matthew chapter 1 verse number 1. In Genesis 5, what did you find there? The generation of the book of Adam. The book of the generation of who? Of Christ. So get that right. So we have the book of the generation of Adam. And we have the book of the generation of who? Of Christ. Two books. These are only two books in the Bible. And as we progress, I'll make you understand that when the books are open, they are not open up in the sky, they are open in you. Hallelujah. So we have the book of the generation of Christ. What is that supposed to mean? We are talking about those that Christ have given birth to. Does it make sense? Now, scripture says, who shall declare the generation of Christ? That means somebody have to reveal the generation of who? Of Christ. You have to manifest who Christ is. Praise the Lord. So when we talk about the generation of the book of Jesus Christ, you are actually talking about the account of the life of Jesus and his descendants. The life of Jesus and his descendants. That's what you are looking at. Hallelujah. Now, talk with me to Exodus 32 and verse number 30. Exodus 32 verse number 30. This when Moses went up to the mountain to guide the laws, and he came down, and Israel has gone the way they went, with Aaron and through Aaron. So the Bible says, And it came to pass on the morrow, that Moses said unto the people, Ye have seen a great sin, and now I will go up, Unto the Lord, peradventure, I shall make an atonement for your sin. And Moses returned unto the Lord and said, Oh, these people have seen a great sin, and have made them gods of gold. Yet now, you listen closely, if thou wilt forgive their sin, and if not, blot me, I pray thee, out of thy book, which thou hast written. Yeah, that's right, because very important. This is the book written by God Himself. The book which you have written. 
And Moses was about to know that his name is in the book that God had written. Now the book that God had written had to speak about the nature and the character of God. The life of God. Hallelujah. And Moses is trying to say, I am part of that which you are doing, I am part of that which you are molding, but if you will not forgive these people, get me out. Now I want you to come to this understanding. If Moses can see his name in the book, you also have a right to see the name in the book. Hallelujah. The problem is you don't really know who you are. You don't know what God has done. You don't even know where your name is. Now, talk with me to the book of Psalms. Psalm 16, verse 27. The book written by God himself. Moses said, I know my name is there, but I want you to remove my name if you will not forgive these people. Is that okay? Psalm 69, verse 27. He said, All iniquity unto their iniquity, David is speaking, and let them not come into their righteousness. Let them be blotted out of the book of the living, and not be written with the righteous. Praise the Lord. The book of the living. He calls out the book of the righteous people. The book that you have written. Again, get the emphasis. It's God that wrote this book. And what David is saying here also is like saying, I know my name is in your book. Hallelujah. Once your name is removed from the book, you are entering into the realm of death. Are you there with me? Very good. So he called it the book of the living. So if your name is taken out of the book of the living, you end up being among the dead. Okay. Psalm 40. Look at Psalm 40 verse number 6. And this is what it says. Sacrifice and offering thou didst not desire. My ears thou hast opened. Bond offering and sin offering have thou required. Now David is speaking. When you go to verse 7 he says. Then said I lo, I come in the volume of the book is written of me. Okay, I want you to take that to Hebrews chapter 10, verse number 6. You see how Paul puts it down in Hebrews 10, verse number 6. This is what he says. In bond offering and sacrifices for sin, thou have not had pleasure. Then said I, Lo, I come in the volume of the book, is written of me to do what? The will. So one, the purpose of names being written in a book is to do the will of the Father on the earth. Hallelujah. I want you to follow me because it's very, very crucial. You understand what I'm saying today. That some of you have not been able to discover why you are actually existing. And that is why there are all of these things which is called pressures left and right. And that is why you also believe that somebody can literally kill you because you have not yet come to the place of understanding who you are and what you are created to do. If you must pray any prayer for the year you are entering, is to say, Father, reveal me to me. Is that okay? Because you see, if you take time to read Act 23, from verse number 10 to 21, you're going to find a story. 
an interesting story. An interesting story was, Paul was in this area, and God told him they wanted to kill him. And God told him, say, Paul, listen to me. You're going to also witness just as with me, Jerusalem, even in this, in this city. I have many people here. You remember that? But now, they plotted to kill him. Look at what it says. And then I'm following. You can look at verse, verse, verse 10. Now following the Lord stood by him and said, Be of good cheer, Paul, for as thou hast testified of me in Jerusalem, so must thou be a witness also where? In Rome. But if you go down or begin to read, you're going to see one thing. I mean, something very happened. People gathered together. Now, maybe we'll read it. It may interest you. And when it was there, certain of the Jews banded them together and bind themselves under a cult, saying that they will neither eat nor drink till they have killed Paul. Can you imagine people? And you have the same thing going around you. People who will say, men, except this man dies, we are not going to rest. And I promise that they will never rest. Yet you will not die. Did you get that? Some people are suffering because of you. No, 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 no. They place themselves under a curse. They are not resting. They are not sleeping. Just because they want you to die. But they are, you are not going to die, and yet they will not have rest. Look at the next thing. And there were more than 40 which had made this conspiracy. <laughs> and they came to the chief priests and elders and said, We have bound ourselves under a great cause that we will eat nothing until we have slain Paul. Now therefore, here we can't signify to the chief captain that he bring him down unto you tomorrow, as though you will inquire something more perfectly concerning him. And we, or even he that come here, are ready to do what? To kill him. They said, just pretend to say you want to examine him. Let him come. Then we'll kill him. And when Paul sees that son, you need somebody like this. Just like you have a Reuben. Listen. And when Paul sees that son head of the line in wait, he went and entered into the castle and told Paul. Then Paul called. Wait a minute. Then Paul called one of the centurions unto him and said, Bring this young man unto the captain, chief captain, for he had a thing, a certain thing to tell him. And verse 18 says, So he took him and brought him to the chief captain and said, Paul, the prisoner called unto thee and prayed me to bring this young man unto thee who has something to say unto thee. Then the chief captain took him by the hand and went with him and said privately and he asked him, What is it that thou hast to tell me? And he said, the Jews have agreed to desire thee that they will bring down Paul tomorrow into the council. As though they will inquire something of him more perfectly. But do not thou yield unto them. For they are lying wait for him, of him, more than forty men which have bound themselves with an oath that they will neither eat nor drink till they have killed him and now are they already looking for a promise from you what am i trying to say the secret of the conspirators was revealed through this young man and so shall it be for you hallelujah i, I just made you see here what people tried to do and how everything they tried to do was leaked in the month of April. Remember that? 
Same thing you find in scripture. Now, let me show you something. Why I read this passage now. Why do you think God had to position a young man? Because I was, we were sharing this in our prayer meeting in, at home, home fellowship. The question is, how could a young man find his way to the place when this kind of a meeting was taking place? Only God can make that happen. This is where elders are gathered, planning what to do. A young man finds himself there. How? <laughs> Hallelujah. You need one young man in your life. This is the only thing I'm trying to say. Your protection is going to be guaranteed because God will do it. But one thing is important. God already told Paul, you are going to testify about me in Rome. Meaning, you are not going to die. So God had to frustrate the plans of the people because Paul has an assignment. Your security for whatever year you want to claim is the assignment that God has given to you. That's why you must pray the simple prayer, God, let me be revealed to me. Is that okay? Just the assignment that Paul had is what protected Paul. Paul now had to make that, I mean, God had to make that young man to be able to discover and then report the matter. The conspiracy of the people was exposed. Can you imagine people saying, man, we will, we will die unless this man is killed. We are not going to rest. And I say that one more time. Everyone that have gathered together for your sake, they will never have their rest. But yet you won't die. Because there is something in your head. There is something on your head. Something God has deposited in you. And that is what I want you to reveal in the year to come. And when that begins to happen, things will fall into place. Look at Psalm 56 verse number 8. Psalm 56 verse number 8. Remember we just said God has written his own book. <laughs> oh my God. He said, Thou tellest my wanderings. Pull down my tears in thy bottle. Are they not in thy books? You know the Lord. All the pains I'm going through, all the sorrows I'm going through, all of this wandering life I'm living, you already know them. In other words, there is nothing strange or new about the life that we're living. God is in charge of your life. Hallelujah. Are you following me? God is in charge of your life. Go to Psalm 139 and verse number 15. Very interesting. Psalm 139 verse number 15. My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. The eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect and in thy book all my members were what written which in continuance were fashioned when as yet there was none of them now i like this in your book all my members are written that is all the more reason why you should expect healings you know why because all your members are written in God's book. That means God has a paper for any of your members that is not working well. Hallelujah. You see, when, when a car manufacturer produces a car, he has spare parts for all the parts that he has made. So if any part of you is not working well, 
I speak to your life today. There's a replacement of that already. In the name of Jesus Christ. It's all my substance, every bit of my life. The first passage of rest says, every bit of my movement, my wandering, they're all in your book. Now he's saying, all my substance, they're also written where? In your books. So sometimes if you begin to feel some aspect of you not functioning well, who are you supposed to go to? Go to him who wrote all of your parts where? In his books. Hallelujah. But let's take this from the message translation. From message translation, from verse 14. Message translation says, Okay. I thank you, high God. You are breathtaking, body and soul. I am marvelously made. Can I hear an amen? You must first know how wonderfully made you are. You must first understand. Now, you have to place value on yourself based on the value that God has placed on you. You are wonderfully made. So in the first place, you can't look down on yourself. Neither will you allow someone else to look down on you. Hallelujah. You said, I am marvelously made. I worship in adoration. What a creation. In other words, when you're worshiping God, you see such a wonderful creature of God doing what? Worshiping God. Hallelujah. You know me inside and out. You know every bone in my body. You know exactly how I was made. My God. Bit by bit. How I was cutted from nothing into what? Into something. You know it. Now, the, the good thing is this. Only God knows it. Nobody else. No power, no demon knows how you were formed. Hallelujah. The next thing. He said, like an open book, you watch me grow from conception to birth. So, when we talk about book, we're talking about the whole of your life. Hallelujah. All the stage of my life were spread out before you. So from primary school to university to wherever, to any trade you are learning, God is seeing you. God knows about it. Before you step into it, He knows about it. Amen? The days of my life are prepared before I even lived one day. The days of my life are already prepared. So that means we step into what God has made. Come on. Hallelujah. You must understand this. The days of my life are already prepared. And if it is God that prepared them, I should expect the best in the day or the year to come. Every day, my expectation is a good one. Because God prepared it before I step into it. So even your 2017 that you are thinking about is prepared before you ever step into it. You, you see, you only need to open your eye. You need to ask God to open your eye to see what He has prepared for you. In the year to come. In the days to come. That's our responsibility. You're not praying to cross over into something. Spending time. Maybe. No, 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 no. That is not the idea. The, the, the days are already prepared. The years are already prepared. The season are already prepared. Every day. You only need to know. And what's the next thing you do? 
you step into it. Hallelujah. That's why when you wake up every morning, give thanks to the Lord for another wonderful day. Because before you step into the day, you already prepared that day. And the goodness of that day must come to you. Can I hear an amen? <laughs> I want you to note because it's very important. Very, very crucial that you understand this. Praise the living God. Now, remember we're dealing with the generation of who? Of Christ. So, turn with me now to the book of Revelation chapter 13 verse number 8. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Revelation 13 verse number 8. That's what it says. No, King James. Give me King James, Revelation 12, verse number 8. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him. Now, he's talking about the beast. That gave power to the dragon. We don't need to go to verse 1. So, if you want to, you can go back and read that. But it's what it says. All that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose name are not written in the book of the life of the Lamb. Slain from the foundation of the world. Now let me begin to take time now to explain this to you. He is saying, those who worship the system of man, those who worship the beast, are those whose names are not in the Lamb's book of life. Now you watch this. If, if, if there is a book written about me, it's called my biography. Are you getting what I'm talking about? Good. So you have biography of eminent people, maybe biography of Basanjo, biography of Kensaro Wiwa, biography of that. Is that okay? So when you talk about the book of the Lamb, or what is it? The book of the life of the Lamb, what are you talking about? The biography of who? Of Jesus. Are you following me? So what is he talking about? He said those who worship the beast, those who give themselves to the system of this world, those who are controlled because, you see, you are who you worship. You are exactly like who you worship. So if you are worshiping the system of this world, you are going to act like the system of this world. And whatever happens to the world, definitely must happen to you because that is where your system is. And he's saying those people who worship the beast are those whose names are not written where? In the last book of life. Praise the Lord. Now don't forget, the last book of life equals the generation of who? Of Jesus Christ. So now, if you are in Christ, it means your name is in the last book of life. Are you there with me? Therefore, the beast cannot touch you. The system of man cannot touch you. Whatever powers you think that are existing in life cannot touch you because your name is written in a Lamb book of life. Moses said, if you will not forgive these people, blot my name from the book you have written. Now, that is the book that God has written. Here is the book that Jesus Christ has done what? Have written, which has to do with his own life. And you are part of a chapter of that book. So when that book is open, your life is open. It's only more reason you must understand that your life is so hidden from the power of that being. Because you are a chapter in this book that is written by who? By Christ. Are you there with me? They can only try. But they can't get hold of you. Because you are 
in a place that they cannot access. I want to show you something. Do you know why some of you cannot truly function properly in life, even as ministers? Sorry to say. I'm going to say this because it's very important. You talk with me in the book of Nehemiah. Let me show you what I'm dealing with. Nehemiah chapter 7 verse number 5. Very important you get this. It says, And my God put in my heart to gather together the stone nobles and the rulers and the people that they might be reckoned by genealogy. And I find a register of the genealogy of them which came up out of the force and found written therein. Hallelujah. Verse 6 says, these are the children of the province that went up out of captivity of those that have been carried away from Nebuchadnezzar into the king of Babylon, had carried away and came again to Jerusalem and to Judea and, and everyone unto his city. Amen? Now, you listen to this. Nehemiah was building the city. And the Lord minister to him as it were to go get the book of genealogy genealogy is so important to god if you must understand now this has to do with people that were taken into captivity and those that came back home from captivity hallelujah now we're looking at the picture here nehemiah went through the books and he find that there are some people whose name are actually written in relation to those who came and those who were left behind so, it's like saying there were two books. Are you there with me? Okay. Go to verse 63 of Nehemiah chapter 7. Verse 63. Praise the Lord. And the Bible says, And of the priests, the children of Habai, the children of Kos, the children of Basilei, which took one of the daughters of Basilei, the Gileadite, to wife, and was called after their name. Verse 64. This sought their register among those that were reckoned by genealogy. But it was not found. Therefore, you listen to this, where they as polluted put from the priesthood. Does it mean he said anything to you? It means, by reason of this genealogy, those who cannot find their names written in that place, they were not allowed to do what? To minister. What disqualifies you from life of Christ is when your name is not in the book of life, written by Christ himself. Hallelujah. You can see why so many, if I may use the word, some of us in the ministry, we aren't doing what we are supposed to do because we don't truly know in the first place that our name ought to be written in the Lamb Book of Life. Now let me show you something. Luke chapter 10 verse 20. we start praying very soon. Luke 10 verse 20, look at what it says. Now, here is when he sent the disciples out to go cast out devils. And they came back and this is the testimony they gave. And he said, the devils were soldiers unto us. Remember, they were ministers. I just mentioned a group of people who cannot minister because their names were known to the book of life. Are you following what I'm talking about now? These people came back and they were rejoicing. The devil was soldiers unto them. Now, what was that? This is what Jesus said. 
Notwithstanding in this rejoice not, that the Spirit has suggested unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written where? No, it's not talking of heaven up in the sky. The heaven is referring to here is simply, you belong to my camp. I'm going to prove that to you. Jeremiah 17. Look at verse 13. Jeremiah 17, 13. You should be able to know where your name is. You should be able to know who you are. And merely having your name in the Lamb Book of Life, the devils are subject unto you. Look at Jeremiah 17, 13. Are you there with me? Oh Lord, the hope of Israel, all that forsake thee shall be ashamed. And they that depart from me shall be written where? In the earth. Because they have forsaken the Lord, the fountain of what? Of living waters. Very simple. So when you are with the Lord, your name is written where? In heaven. When you forsake the Lord, your name is written where? On the earth. So when you say rejoice that your name is written in heaven, what is that supposed to mean? Because they embrace Christ. Many if you embrace Christ, the devil will be subject unto you. Powers will be subject unto you. I mean, I'm not talking about just the pastor. I'm talking about whosoever can allow him or herself to be embraced, to embrace the Lord Jesus Christ. The devil is bound to be subject unto you. Jesus said, rejoice not that it's all a son, but rejoice because your name is written where? In heaven. In other words, the, 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 the thing that made it possible for the devil to be subject unto you is because your name is written where? In heaven. And what is that supposed to mean? In the Lamb book of life. Friends, listen to me. You don't die before you know that your name is written there. <laughs> are you there with me? You know, you have the stories where they tell you that when you get to heaven, angels are going to be by the gates. And the books, maybe I'm going to read that. And the books are open. And the angel will be looking through the register. And look at your face. Agnes. We can't say Agnes here. Go to the left. And then those who go to the left are going to hell. This one are going to heaven. Okay, Agnes. No, James, James, you can see your name. Go to the right. That's what angel will be doing there. He's just wasting time. You are living in a fantasy world. You are living in, in a realm where, in fact, it has nothing to do with scriptures. No, nothing to do with scriptures. The book of life is Jesus Christ. If you, have, if you find yourself in the book of life, you have access to heavenly realities. Anytime, anywhere. You don't need to die to be able to find yourself in the name of the book of life. You don't need to do that. Christ is the book of life. Hallelujah. Okay, now let me show you what I'm about to say. Revelation 20 verse 11. Is anybody following me? I want you to catch it because this is all you need this year. To know who you are. To know what he has given to you to do. You say, all my substance are open before you. Hallelujah. Revelation 20 verse 11. And I saw a great white throne, and he that sat on it from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was fine no place for them. If, if, you, if the way we used to read and talk about heaven and earth is what it is, how can heaven and earth fly away from the presence of so? That means there's no heaven, there's no earth. Not as you don't even understand what you're talking about. You don't understand the language of the Bible. Hallelujah. Time is not there, but some, subsequently we may be able to tell you. When we talk about heaven and earth in this context, we are dealing with the law. We are dealing with Judaism. We are dealing with the temple that was controlling Israel. 
But let's read on. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things that were written where? In the books, according to what? To their works. So what is that supposed to mean? One book is here, another book is here. What is that supposed to mean? They are comparing what is in this book with what is in this book. This is the book of life. So your life is being compared with the life of Jesus. Period. You are a book. The psalmist tells us that. Is that okay? Good. My substance here are not hidden from you. You are a book. So the question is, is your life measuring up with the life of Jesus? That's all. That's the judgment. Nothing more. He is the plumb line. Remember, scripture says, we have to grow into the stature of the measure of who? Of Christ. What is the level of your growth? It's not about praying about entering next year, praying about that. No, 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 no. Are you growing? Will Jesus be doing a crossover service? Will he not know what tomorrow has for him? Why are you wasting your time? Grow into the stature of the measure of who? Of Christ. The books were open, and another book was open, and the life of those people were judged according to the life of this one book. That's what judgment is all about. Your life be measured with the life of who? Of Jesus Christ. So, that is why in Romans chapter 8, verse 1 and 2, you begin to read of, Therefore there remaineth what? No more condemnation to them who are what? In Christ Jesus! No more! <laughs> because you have left the earth into heavenly realm. Your names are not written in heaven. So no more condemnation. Are you sitting there with me? That's what the Bible is saying. So when you talk about the judgment, judgment throne, white throne judgment. In the first place, why do you call it white throne? That which is white means righteous. So what is talking about is a righteous throne. <laughs> Hallelujah. By righteousness will he judge. He's only comparing your life with the life of Jesus. That is judgment. What is your measurement? Think about it. Hallelujah. Are you still with me? Good. Praise the Lord. I'm going to make you see something. Now, how do you think in the first place? Okay. Give to me Philippians 4. Let's look at verse 8 alone. Philippians 4 verse number 8. How do you think? What is your mind? Because scripture says, let this mind be equal to us or what? In Christ Jesus. Huh? Now, if you look at verse 8, look at what he says. Finally, brethren, what about things are true? What about things are honest? What about things are just? What about things are pure? What about things are lovely? What about things are good report? If there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on those things. How do you think? What are the things you think about? Because Christ will not think anything less than this. Hallelujah. Come on, are you with me? Christ will not. Now, how is your life? We are talking of measuring your life in the book of life. The book is already written. It's Christ himself. Every day your action is the revelation of the book that has been written. So you said that you are revealing 
a chapter in the book of life, or you are revealing a chapter in the book of Adam. Generation of Adam or generation of Christ? Which generation are you? Come on, are you following what I'm talking about? Hallelujah. Praise the living God. You following me? I want you to grasp it. This, I, I'm saying you, you don't need to pray any kind of... Okay, some of you say, but pastor, people, I just showed you, nobody's going to kill you. Instead, they will kill themselves. So, don't let that be an issue. I just want you to think... Okay, First Peter 3, verse 13, very quickly. First Peter 3, verse 13. Look at that. First Peter 3, 13. And who is he that will harm you? If you be follower of that, answer the question. Who will harm you? Instead of looking at how to follow that which is good, you are thinking of people who are trying to kill you. You're wasting time. The question is, who will harm you? The answer says, nobody. Because that which is good. Which is good? That is God. Only God is good. That's what the Bible says. So if you are a follower of that which is good, who will do what? Who will harm you? Why? Because if God be for us, who can be against us? You should be thinking about your life in relation to Christ and forget about this enemy you are pursuing. If you are a follower of that which is good, who can harm you? Answer the question yourself. And then we spend our time chasing shadows, spend our time chasing all manner of people and thinking about, no, 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 no. He already told you what to think about. That your thought. Is there anything good about it? It doesn't carry virtue. <laughs> Hallelujah. Does it speak like Christ, the way you are thinking? Amen. If you are full of that which is good, who can harm you? In your relationship with people, even if people hate you, you are not mind to hate them back. You know what scripture says? He said, I will take the sicknesses and put them upon those that do what? That hate you. Oh, come on. You watch that. Now, if God is going to take a sickness from Mr. A because he hates you and put it on B, are you getting that? He's taking it from A, who is the son of God, and put it upon B, who hates Mr. A. If you hate people, what happened? God will take the same sickness and put it on you. So some of the things you are suffering have not to do with the devil. You have to do with the state of your heart. The hatred you carry for people is what's attracting some sicknesses, some diseases. Praise the living God. You will not understand what I'm talking about. But let me give you an illustration here. In 1992 or thereabouts, no, 93, I'm sure. I was invited only to pray for a sister who was running amok. She was getting mad. And the particular day I went to the house to pray, nobody slept in the house. She locked everybody out. She was alone. Locked the parents, there were two other sisters, and the mother, the father, everybody was outside. And we drove down, my, some of the person who came to invite me as a pastor like me, took me very close to the place and parked his machine. He said, we should track down. I said, why? He said, once the lady gets to hear the sound of the machine, she's going to react violently. She went there. He went there the previous day to pray for his sister. And uh, the sister just looked at him and then he gave the sister olive oil to drink and the, the guest spat the olive oil back onto his face. So we got to the place. And then 
We sat down. This lady came in. She was in the bathroom for close to one hour, singing one of those songs to herself. By the time she finally came in, they removed all the keys from the house so that she doesn't lock people out or lock herself in. And I finally she invited her. I was sitting down and he said, this man wanted to see you. She looked at me and my friend was sitting next to me, the other pastor. And he said, is it this one or this one? <laughs> and, then, and then he told him this one. Then I said, come, come. And then she came. Asked my friend to shift. My friend shifted. I said, sit between us. She sat down. I said, how are you? He said, fine. And then the Lord gave me a word. She said this to her. I said, my sister, if your way please the Lord, he make even your enemies to be at peace with you. That was the only word I spoke. Her face changed. She started crying. I mean, the parents were all surprised. We were sitting down watching. So what are you crying about? Then the next thing that struck me, he said, there is hatred in your heart for somebody. He said, yes, I must confess. I hate my pastor. I said, what happened? He said, my pastor, because I have a problem with the wife, keep on postponing my marriage. So for two years, I'm a courtship without solemnizing the marriage because my pastor will not approve the date of the marriage. So I developed hatred for my pastor. That's what resulted in the mental problem of the girl. I said, can you forgive him now? He said, yes, I can forgive. Sickness was cured. Madness left right there. We didn't pray. Hatred. Some of the sicknesses you are having, some of the problems you are passing through, is the hatred you had in your heart for somebody. It could be your wife, your husband, your friend, your sister. The best you can do, as you are stepping into the next year, clean up your heart. Do you understand that? He said, I will take the sicknesses, put it on from you and put it upon those that do what? That hate you. So if you hate somebody, that thing is coming back to you. Live a free life. Are you following what I'm talking about? Live a free life. I'm just telling you, we didn't, we didn't spend one hour to pray. It was only a simple question, who do you hate? And madness disappeared right there. And the father said, where is your church? I said, well, I said, worry. He said, can we come and see you? I said, meet my friend. He brought me here. If you want you to see me, you go through him. But the guy refused to give them the number. No problem. They are fine. Amen. Hallelujah. So what are we talking about? Is there anything in your hand that is contrary to the life of Christ? Because you are written in the book of life. You are supposed to be part of the biography of who? Of Jesus Christ. That's what we are called to be. Let's take this final scripture. I'm going to pray with some of you. Revelation 21. Hmm. I wish somebody can grasp what I'm talking about tonight. Revelation 21. Look at verse 24. Talking about the city of the living God. Hallelujah. Are we there? And the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it, and the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor into it. And the gate of it shall not be shut at all by day, for there shall be no light therein. No night if you are in the Lord if you are in the city if you are in the church you are truly connected to the church no darkness hallelujah next thing you know you see sometimes we think this has to do with heaven up in the sky Hmm? now you tell me what use is a gate in heaven 
Gate, the purpose of gates are for protection of armed robbers and, eh? Am I communicating? We put gate because we want to be protected. So who are you protecting in heaven to have gates in the city? Are there armed robbers there? I will tell you it's not talking about something up in the sky. The gates of the city are the tribe of Israel. If you study each of those names, you get the meaning on how to enter into the gates. What is Reuben? What is Asher? What is Judah? Part of how you enter into the gate, into the city, is to praise, which is Judah. Study the names of the third tribe of Israel, and that is how you enter into the city of the living God. Amen? Come on. Are you following what I'm talking about? It's not talking about something up in the sky. It's talking about walls in the city, four square. And they want, they want the four square walls, city to come down. What do you need wall for in heaven? What do you need wall for? Who are you protecting? Who are you protecting the city from? I mean, people don't think. The church doesn't think. So they say this four square city is coming down with walls. <laughs> and there are 12 gates. Huh? Hallelujah. Maybe we'll, we'll, we'll take time to deal with the gates of the city. Ha, praise the Lord. What verse am I? Now, just quickly jump to a message translation. Let's take it from message. Look at from verse 21. Revelation 21, 21. Let's just take it from there and then we're going to prayers. Hallelujah. Look at this. The twelve gates were twelve pierced. He gave the single pearl. The main street of the city was pure gold, translated as glass. This is another confusing thing. We are not dealing with that, but permit me to mention that. What did he say? There's a strong city. I mean, the street is made of gold. How many of you understand that gold is a perishable substance? Hmm? How do you expect God to use that which is perishable to decorate that which is eternal? Heaven ought to be eternal. How can gold be used in heaven? We don't think. Gold simply speaks of the divine nature of God. That's what you find in the most holy place. Are you following what I'm talking about? It's God's nature. So when you say the street is God's nature, it's talking about the life of God. Anyway, I'll deal with that some other time. But there was no sign of a temple for the Lord God, the sovereign strong and lamb, are what? The temple. No physical temple. God himself is our shield and our buckler. Hallelujah. Look at the next thing. The city doesn't need sun or moon for light. God's glory is what? Is his light. The lamb what? Is his lamb. God's glory. That's why you ought to walk. You see, Pastor Zuka was saying that. Arise, shine, or the glory of the Lord is what is risen upon you. You need to walk in the glory of God. You don't need, see, when he says you have no need of the sun or the moon, what do you think he's talking about? The sun and the moon are the things that control the natural life. What God is saying is your life will no longer be controlled by natural circumstances. He is your light, He is your lamp. God is your light, 
Christ is alive. In other words, if you follow Christ, you walk, you will not fall into the ditch. Hallelujah. You following me? So Lord himself is a lamb. And you walk in his glory. Verse 24 says, The nation will walk in his light and as kings bring their splendor. Verse 25, His gate will never be shut by day. And there will be any night. They will bring the glory and honor of the nations into the city. Verse 27, Nothing dirty of the fire will get into the city. Can I hear an amen? And no one who defies or deceives only those whose names are what? Come on. Only those whose names are what? Written. In the last book of life, we do what? We get in. Praise the Lord. So once your name is written in the last book of life, you can find yourself into where? Into the city. And in that city, no night, no day. It's all eternal glory. Can you hear me? The glory of the Lord is what rules our life. In this season that we are in, I've come to declare to you, you don't need natural circumstance to rule your life. You're going to be controlled by the Spirit of the Most High God. His glory, he read it again, His glory shall be what? Your real reward. He promised you moving, God's glory is behind you, God's glory is ahead of you, God's glory is all around you. You're going to walk in the glory of the Lord. Why? Because your name is written in the Lamb book of life. You don't need to go to anywhere called heaven to be able to know this. You only just simply need to know that once you are in Christ, your name is where? In the Lamb's book of life. And the next thing you are supposed to experience is what? The glory of the Lord. Hallelujah. You are meant to walk in the glory of His presence. Anytime, anywhere. Understanding will come to you. Revelations will come to you. Impact will come to you. I want you to understand that you are in another season. That God's life will be the one that's going to control your life. Praise the living God. No natural substance. No natural situation. Money will not control you. People will not control you. Power will not control you. You will control them. It's a man that has light that controls the man that is in darkness. Anytime there are people, only the one that have the torch light, what will they tell him? Go to the front. Am I correct? That's where you have to be the head and not the tail. Because you have the light. Men will, that's why the people say they will bring their glory. That's why men are going to favor you because you have the glory of God. He said the kings will bring their glory to that city. I see you being favored by men. I just gave you a testimony now. And I'm thinking of how much the whole of that trip is putting, being put together is costing close to 700,000 for one week that is glory man hallelujah are you following what I'm talking about and some people just sat down and say man we need to give this to this man man if you're living in God's glory things will come your way come on are you following what I'm talking about I see you riding in God's glory this year 
struggling all the time. It has to do with those people now written on the earth. Your name is not written on the earth. Your name is written in the Lamb Book of Life. And God is the glory of this city. He is the light of this city. You walk in the light and the glory of God. No power can stop you. No enemy can stop you. No devil is strong enough to stop you. Practically impossible. And I know what I'm talking about. It's going to be too good for next year. Hallelujah. Come on. If you believe, say amen to that. I see greater glory for you. I see greater light for you. Things will be so good, probably. Things will be so wonderful. The Lord is good. Come on, sign up somebody. The Lord is just good to us. He is a faithful God. He is a wonderful God. Mara prosaka yamasanta. Hallelujah. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Now, I, I want to do something before going to prayer. Isaiah 25. Isaiah 25. Lucky can go into the keyboard. I want you to give me something. A kind of reggae tune. I want to sing a song. I, I think I can sing too. Hallelujah. Now, I'm just thinking of God's goodness. Isaiah 25. Please put it on the board. King James, very quickly. Look at this. King James. I want to sing from King James, not message translation. Look at this. This is a simple verse. And I want you to meditate. I'm meditating on this song right now. This is what it says. Oh Lord, thou art my God. I will exalt thee. I will praise thy name, for thou hast done wonderful.